good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to another opportunity to worship the Lord. It is His day, and what a wonderful day it is. As you join us today, I trust you've had a blessed week. I trust that you've had an opportunity to uh, view our video from uh, Wednesday. I hope you were part of that prayer meeting. If this is your first time joining us, Every Wednesday at 6.30, we will have a prayer meeting and a, and a Bible study. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., of worship. We regret that we have to use Facebook Live, but we are thankful this resource is available to us. Given the time that we're in with the uh, lockdowns and everything associated with the virus, and we're th certainly glad that you're with us this morning. So... As we open the service, we're going to have an opportunity for prayer requests, so please feel free to share those as we are live this morning. And in the process, take your Bible, find John chapter 7. That's where the message will be coming from shortly. And uh, while you're finding your place, let's be thankful this morning for the many blessings that God has provided us. We have safety and security. We still have the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And that is all attributed to God's grace. Nothing that we this time and be thankful for the blessings. To look at God's grace in our life. To look at his mercy that's upon us. And to ask the question, what more can I do to serve the Lord? Because he is truly the one that's worth everything today. It is all because of him we have what we have. It is all because of him we are what we are. Let's be thankful. This morning I want to ask that we remember in prayer all of the essential workers as they're being called today. Those that are in the healthcare system, those that are first responders, and those many, many needed and necessary roles. We want to uh, remember each of them. We want to remember law enforcement. We want to remember corrections officers and those who work in the prisons. Uh, we want to remember hospitals and, and nursing homes and all of those caregivers today. My heart goes out to each and every one of you and I do offer a great thanks to the work that you're doing. Also this morning, let's remember those that are sick. Here in McDowell County, North Carolina, uh, we have 26 total cases. Seven or eight are still in quarantine. The rest uh, are out of quarantine, and uh, we're thankful for that. We are remembering all of those that are still dealing with uh, illness today. We're remembering everyone that is dealing with sickness not associated with this virus. There are many today who are struggling still with battling cancer. Many who are battling heart problems. Many who are battling uh, diabetes. Many who are battling other diseases and illnesses. And uh, they need our prayers. So please join me in remembering those. Let's remember each one of you today also. There's a great deal of economic fallout that has came in from came from uh, the virus, the lockdowns, everything of that nature. 
It has affected all of us in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in prayer with these. Thank you for the sacrifice that you're making. Let's remember each one and the needs in our lives today. Whether it be a physical, a financial, whether it be just one of support, emotional support, and encouragement. God loves you. Jesus died for you. I want you to remember that. So without any further delay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lift up these requests, the many more that you're offering up this morning, and we'll have, let him have his way in our life. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for all of the blessings. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Not for him today. We would not be able to come to you. We would not be able to give praise and worship to you. If it were not for Jesus, we would not have the desire to open your word. Lord, thank you for him. Thank you for calling upon us for salvation today. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for opening that door. When we least wanted it, when we least needed it, when we least felt, when we least felt the desire for and needed it the most in our life, you brought in our presence. Thank you. Lord, thank you for everything that you've done in our nation. Bless our leaders. Give them wisdom. Give them understanding in your word first, and that they may follow your word in making decisions regarding our nation whether they be national leaders, state leaders, or local leaders. Lord, we lift them up and we pray for them today. Because, Heavenly Father, we know that you place them on their, on their position. You place them where they are. And God, we love you for that. We thank you. Lord, be with all of those that are sick. All of the caregivers this morning. Be with all of the doctors, the physicians, the scientists as they work with this virus, as they work with the many other diseases. Lord, I believe that you're moving, and I believe you're working, and I believe you're doing throughout your church. Even in this time of frustration, Lord, you're moving in hearts and lives. I believe people are getting saved today through this situation and circumstances. I believe the preaching of your word is stronger and more powerful today than it has ever been in my life. Lord, thank you. Bless the word that's going to be shared, the word that you've given me. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Lord, don't let it be from me. Don't let me be seen or heard. May you be seen or heard through your word. May it lift you up and glorify you. May it not return to you void, but may it purpose everything that you have accomplished and purposed it to do. Heavenly Father, we'll be careful to praise, honor, and glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Taking our Bibles. Let's go to John chapter 7. I'm going to begin reading with verse 37. To give you an idea of where we're at, the Feast of the Tabernacles is in progress. This is the last day of it. Jesus makes an opening comment about thirst. And about he being the water that will satisfy that person. 
But from that comment, you're going to see a lot of conversation. And from that conversation is the message I want to bring this morning. Beginning with verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. That he, he that believeth on me, as the scripture out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should be. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people there, therefore, when they heard this saying, said of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is but some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have ye not brought him? And the and know what he doeth. They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went to his own house. I want to go back and look at verse 43. So there was a division among the people because of him. Today, and as has been the case, since Jesus walked this earth, there has been a division among people regarding Jesus. There are religions that claim that Jesus was nothing more than a prophet. The Muslims believe he was a prophet. So do the Jehovah Witnesses. They believe he was a prophet. So do the Mormons. They believe he was a prophet. The Catholics, Roman Catholics, they believe that he was the Son of God, but they don't believe uh, that His deity in, in God and His deity as being a triune Godhead is existent. There are divisions today even among, even, uh, even among the most devout Christians about who Jesus is. But the Bible is very clear who He is. He is the Son of God. He is the only begotten Son of God. He is the Son of God that was given the ability, the authority to be sacrificed for our sin. It is because of Jesus today I have my salvation. And if you can say that today, you can give a mighty amen to that statement. Because of Jesus you have your salvation. Now that doesn't mean everybody listening is saved by that statement. A statement cannot save you. A statement lead you to Christ. No, it takes more than that. If we go back to Jesus' very words, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
You must believe in Jesus. Not that He existed physically. You must believe in who He is. Not who He was, but who He is. He is the Son of God. He is alive today in heaven at the right hand of God, making intercession for those that love Him. He is saints. Friend, this division that the folks were dealing with here is a division that is still present. So let's learn a little bit about division. From God's Word, we learn from the few who are convinced of who Jesus is. They, as Nicodemus did, own resounding testimony. Nicodemus knew who Jesus was. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a ranking member of the Sanhedrin. Nicodemus was someone who they would listen to, but he was someone they disagreed with. Because Nicodemus stood on the foundation that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, forgive men of his sin, and that he was the one that was prophesied from the Old Testament. The Pharisees did not believe that. The Pharisees did nothing to say. And I want to urge you to say it. I want to urge you to say it out of love, but I want to urge you to say it out where Paul was on the Damascus Road. I too have followed, I have been one to have criticized Christians, but praise God, the testimony where I can give that and say, I am convinced who Jesus is. I can share that testimony today. I can share from my heart and my life and my the change that Christ has made in my life. And if you can say that today, you can convince someone else through your testimony. It is time that we quit talking about Jesus and we start living Jesus in our testimony on a daily basis. Think about that. Jesus is not just someone we talk about like the 6 o'clock news talks about a politician. Jesus is more than our leader. He is with lack of integrity, with depravity. Is this the best that you've got? If it is, you need Jesus. If you have Jesus, we need to start living it. Be outspoken about it. Be bold. Love Him. Let Him lead us. Let Him lead us. And those who are convinced today are convinced to the point of being leaders among the nation. Maybe not an elected leader house. Maybe not an elected leader in the state house. Maybe not an elected leader in the county house but an elected leader for the glory of God. You see, when I started preaching, my realization was simple. I knew that in the eyes of man, I wasn't going to amount to a whole lot. I knew that man was not going to support me or stand behind me. I knew man wasn't going to get beyond my past and get beyond who I used to be. I knew man wasn't going to to, to stand behind me, support me, encourage me. 
am not a great orator. I am not a well-known author. I am none of that. But God, His Word is and because of and because of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, people are convinced. People are convinced of who He is. And if you are convinced today, be bold in that teaching. Not only do we have something to learn from the convinced, but we have something to learn from the contrary as well. If you notice the contrary people of the Pharisees. They had it already figured out in their mind and in their heart who Jesus was supposed to be, who the Messiah was supposed to be. They framed him inside of their perfect box. The corners were squared and nice and mild. It was fine. It was very pretty. And they had their idea of Jesus. And they were not going to move away from that idea. There are those today who have their own idea of who Jesus is and who Jesus is be and what everything prescribed from God's Word is supposed to look like and they will not from it regardless of what God's Word says. There are some great, well-respected, well-thought-of preachers and teachers out there who have Jesus into a small box who have boxed the word of God into a small box to they were raised from the time they were children and they were told by generations before them you listen to what they have to say because they are supposed to know what they're talking about now I realize in Jesus day not everybody had access to the word of God but in Jesus' day, they had access to the Lord themselves. He walked among them. He taught them. He spoke to them. Yet there were those that were contrary. They wanted to make sure that Jesus was advertised as they wanted him. What was beneficial to them. Friend, if you've got Jesus into a little box this morning, if you've got Jesus into a little area in your life, I want you to realize and understand something today. I want you to understand and realize that He may not fit inside that box that you've got. If God's Word disagrees with you, God's Word disagrees with your thoughts, with your picture, with your perception. You're wrong. And I say it that way in order to rattle you this morning. In order to make you think and make you understand and make you feel the reality that God's Word is the truth of who He is. God's Word is is the truth about what's going on in this world. God's Word is the truth about what's going to happen in your life. So as we look at that, ask yourself this morning, 
Are you one of the convinced? Or are you one of the contrary? Are you one of the ones who have Jesus in a little box regardless of what God's Word has to say? Next, we need to know that we can learn from our individual conviction. How does that fit into the picture? Well, we see that at the end they say, And every man went into his own house. After Nicodemus gave his little his little speech. Does our law judge any man before it hears him and knows what he doeth? Does the law of God judge any man until evidence is produced? What evidence is your life producing? Your life is producing one of two types of evidence today. Either your life is producing evidence of someone who needs Jesus as Lord and Savior that separate you from God. Are they in your salvation? Are they in your service? Where are they today? These are the things that are necessary in our life. They are the things that are necessary for every one of us to grow and to develop and to be the person God wants us to be. That's where we're all at today. It doesn't matter if we've been in church our or if we've just started today. Where does God want me to be? What does He want me to be? He loves me enough to send His only begotten Son. He loves me enough to call me to His salvation. He loves me enough to forgive me of my sin. Will I accept it? If I have, will He not only be my Savior, but will He be my Lord? Will He be my Lord? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for the privilege of opening Your Word. I thank You for the opportunity to, to share it across the technology platforms that You've opened up. Heavenly Father, I pray for each one that's listened today. Lord, I pray that you would move in their hearts, you would strengthen them, you would encourage them in whatever way is necessary. Heavenly Father, I believe there are souls out there that have heard this that need to be saved. Lord, I believe there are, there are Christians, there are saints out there today that need to get closer to you. They need to take you outside of their, I'll get you out of their house. Lord, I believe.